the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Edward Jones. Welcome to Bisberg. I'm your host, Gary Dixon. Thank you for joining us on this program. We're speaking with two folks with some similarities. One's a father, one's a son. Joe Ford, financial advisor with Edward Jones, and his son, Joey Ford, who is also a financial advisor for Edward Jones. How about that? Well, good morning, Gary. Thank you. It's uh, always great to be here. And uh, today I thought we'd focus on a topic that is becoming an increasing concern for investors and really, I think, consumers in general, and that's protecting yourself from fraud. And um, to start, I thought I'd share a story with you about uh, two young men that were traveling the way across Ireland on holiday, and uh, they decided to go to the horse races. And in Ireland, horse racing is a national pastime, much like baseball is here. And they were sitting in the stands, and they noticed uh, the local priest, Father Murphy, right before the first race, he got up and went over to the parade ring, and he blessed the first horse. And lo and behold, that horse came in first. And uh, at the second race, right before it started, Father Murphy went back over to the parade ring, blessed another horse, and that horse came in first place. So right before the third race, when Father Murphy got up, the boys were hot on his heels, and they watched him go over to the parade ring and pat this horse on the head. Well, they immediately went to the betting booth, and they put their money on on that horse, and the horse's name was uh, Foxy Loxy. And the third race begins, and don't you know, Foxy Loxy is first place all through the first lap, all through the second lap. And then on the final stretch, Foxy Loxy fades to the back and drops dead on the track. Well, the boys are in absolute disbelief. Can't believe that that just happened. So that evening at a local pub, they're telling their tales of woe to anyone that would listen about what had happened to them that day. And there were some older men, local guys uh, at the bar and um, uh, having a beer, and they started to shake their heads and laugh. And they said, boys, 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 you've got to learn when Father Murphy is blessing a horse and when he's given at the last rites. (laughs) So I tell you that story just because I think much of life is subject to our own interpretation of the events, right. and uh, which brings us to really the subject of fraud, which is becoming such a concern for us. Uh, you may know friends or loved ones who have been targeted in fraudulent schemes, and now these scammers' tactics are seemingly becoming more complex and prevalent, but, but we do have good news. That's right. Thankfully, there's some red flags we can identify and basic steps we can take to help protect yourself and those you care about. During our time together, we hope you learn how to spot some of those red flags. And throughout our time together, we'll share a few stories to help illustrate some of the more common forms of scams we see and some resources you can use in case you or a loved one is targeted. I'd like to share some statistics first about fraud, which may be more prevalent than you think. Consider this. According to a 2019 identity theft fraud study, 14.4 million Americans had their identity stolen in 2018. Fraud and financial abuse schemes targeting the elderly are growing problems in the United States. That costs victims at least $2.9 billion annually. Unfortunately, one elder in 10 is victimized financially. 
However, only one case in 14 is reported, and this could be because the victim is just too embarrassed. And nearly 90% of abusers are people the victims trust. You know, that's why it's, it's really critical to be prepared and to take steps to protect yourself. And it's important to report fraud because a scammer will defraud someone else if, if they're not stopped. Now, there's a good chance, Gary, that some of your listeners are concerned for a loved one or a friend who may have been targeted by a scammer. Or perhaps today we can learn some tips to protect yourself from becoming a victim of fraud. Our goal, as always, is to empower you with information and the resources to protect yourself. Hopefully, after our time together today, you'll be prepared to act quickly and calmly to uh, outsmart these scammers. So today we'll walk through four common fraud scenarios. We'll share several red flags you can use to help identify a scam. And then we'll share some additional steps to protect yourself, as well as the resources available if you believe you've been the target of fraud. And lastly, if we have some time here, we'll do a fun exercise called Friend or Fraud, where you, Gary, will get to play detective (laughs) and use the information we'll share today uh, during our time together. Okay. So let's start with a story provided by our Edward Jones Fraud Investigations. It's made up of a group of professionals who investigate red flags and protect client information. This is a powerful resource that allows us as financial advisors to advocate for our clients when fraud concerns arise. If a red flag comes to the attention of a client, he or she can reach out to us at any time, and our fraud investigations will investigate it. In addition, Edward Jones may reach out to clients if it's detected unusual activity in your account. Now, by no means, um, this next story we're going to share is unique, and this type of situation plays out almost daily. A great example of this is Terry. She received a call from an IRS agent who said she owed back taxes and needed to pay the outstanding amount immediately. Terry didn't recall receiving a notice in the mail and told the caller she believed this was an error. The caller then told Terry if she didn't pay the minimum amount on her outstanding debt, the police would be sent to arrest her. You can imagine Terry was shocked. She didn't believe she owed any money, but even if it was a mistake, she was wondering maybe she should just make the payment to buy some time so she could get this matter straightened out. The caller said he could accept payment over the phone, or she could even provide her checking account information. And though this person claimed to be from the IRS, something just didn't feel right. She asked for a number to call the man back and thankfully contacted a trusted friend. Terry recognized some red flags and gave no personal information. I think this story really shows us if you don't know or can't verify the identity of the person contacting you, that's a red flag. You know, in this case, Terry's caller claimed to be from the IRS. However, there are several variations on this scam known as the collection fraud. Uh, For instance, a caller may claim to be from your utility company and then may threaten to cut off your service if you refuse to make an immediate payment. The caller may even threaten to send a collector to your home or workplace. So how can you know if it's actually a scam? Well, first, you can look closely at the payment request. Where do you usually send your tax payment? Well, the answer should be the IRS or maybe your state's Department of Revenue. However, a scammer may ask you to mail cash to a third party or give them your credit card number or request that you buy a prepaid card number and then read it to them over the phone. Second, don't trust caller ID. Scammers have access to sophisticated software that can mask the real origin of the call. And then do your own investigation. You know, IRS scams are are very popular at tax season, but as we said, it could be from your utility company uh, threatening to shut off your service, and what they're doing is creating a sense of urgency. If you get a call like that, 
simply hang up and call the company or agency at a number that you know to be correct. And then finally, don't fall for scare tactics. A caller may say he or she is sending someone to your house. In fact, they may even describe your house. But remember, this type of information is all readily available on the Internet. And it's important to remember, if you believe you've been targeted, there are resources to help you. You can contact our offices, and we can provide contact information for each entity we'll mention during our time together. And above all, remain calm. Remember that help is available. Scammers prey on victims' emotions and want to create a sense of urgency. By being prepared, understanding how scammers operate, and knowing that help is available, we can stay one step ahead. Let's take a look at another scenario. Uh, Scammers often use any personal information they can gather to help validate their story and at the same time form an emotional bond with a victim. So the more personal the information, the more effective they can be. And that's what makes this next scenario known as the grandparent scam so difficult for the targeted to decipher. Now, I'm going to read through a fictional script of a call between a grandfather and an unidentified caller. And Gary, if you don't mind, if you could play the role of grandpa in this scenario. (laughs) Okay, that fits. (laughs) All right. Well, and as we go through this, consider how little information it would take for the scammer to validate the story and convince the grandfather that not only is his grandson in real trouble, but he truly needs his help. So let me start here. Uh, Hi, Grandpa. It's your favorite son. Can you guess which one? Is this Bobby? Yes, Grandpa, it is Bobby. Do you remember where I go to school? Of course, you go to state. How's school? Well, school's all right. Um, I'm really sorry to call you about this, but I'm in a little trouble. I was at school when some friends and I decided to drive to Mexico for spring break. Well, we were out last night and I got a speeding ticket. Now I can't get back into the country unless I pay the fine. We're out of cash and my ATM won't work down here. Uh, can you wire me some money? And I, you know, I can pay you back when I return, but... Uh, Please don't tell mom and dad I messed up, but it is only a speeding ticket. I just want to get back home. Well, Gary, by the way, thank you for your role as grandpa. You were very, very convincing. You're welcome, Sonny. (laughs) Well, in in this particular case, grandpa was almost convinced. And you can see how much, a little information it can take to validate the scammer's claim. So when grandpa finished the conversation, he just didn't feel right about it. He called his Edward Jones financial advisor, who in turn contacted Fraud Investigations. They advised the client to contact a family member at a number he knew to be correct. And it turns out that Bobby was absolutely fine and at school. So again, there were some red flags here. One, the request from Bobby was immediate in nature. And two, he asked him to keep this completely secret. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there are several variations of this scam. For example, the scammer could pose as a child, nephew, niece, or other relative. The emergency can vary from an auto accident in a foreign country... Often, the scammer will ask for money to be wired immediately. More elaborate versions may involve a third party posing as a friend, attorney, or even a public defender. The scammer may plead with the grandparent not to tell his or her parents, effectively reinforcing that emotional bond and making the grandparent feel as though he or she is the only person who can help. So a great question is, what should you do if this happens to you? First, remain calm. Then simply call your loved one at a number you know to be correct and check the story. We're going to take a look at another scenario. And this scenario is actually a true story that comes from the Security Industry and Financial Market Association. New York authorities arrested a woman for theft of thousands of dollars from an 85-year-old man in what experts refer to as a romance scam, long-distance relationship, or sweetheart scam. 
The two met online and developed a seemingly close relationship over an extremely short period of time. The woman befriended the man by telling him hard luck stories, even claiming she needed money for cancer treatment. She persuaded him not only to give her money, but also to sign over his power of attorney. She used this information to obtain a home equity loan and then unfortunately stole the funds. And, you know, this type of fraud occurs more frequently than you might think, and it comes in many forms. And I think it can be especially hurtful to those who are more socially isolated. Uh, For anyone that's lost a spouse or a close family member or perhaps just moved to a new community, you can probably identify with how easy it is to feel alone. And scammers take advantage of loneliness by pretending to care and creating a social bond, but their real course motive is, is to steal. So you can protect yourself by remaining calm and doing some research. Now, the best defense, of course, is not to pursue a friendship that has a red flag. But if a friend does request money, especially if they're asking it to be wired to a third party, ask for a copy of their driver's license or their social security number. Edward Jones Fraud Investigations can use this information to verify a person's identity. Now, if the person refuses or can't produce the information, well, then chances are pretty good that they're not telling you the truth. And if you believe you or someone you love has been targeted, reach out to a trusted family member or friend. An unemotional listener can help provide perspective and often detect things that seem a bit off. If you make the mistake of trusting someone who turns out to be untrustworthy and the relationship, while it may hurt in the short term, you can take solace in knowing that you have outsmarted someone who truly did not have your best interests at heart. You can always contact your local law enforcement agency, and if you or a loved one were victimized, immediately notify the financial institution from which the funds were sent and contact your financial advisor immediately, especially if you believe your Edward Jones account information may have been compromised. Again, do not be fooled. Do your research, ask questions, and make sure you are talking with a genuine person and not someone trying to prey on your emotions to steal your hard-earned money. Now we're going to take a look at another scenario. In this scenario, Tony received a call from her mother, Monica, who had received a letter from the State Sweepstakes Commission asking her to call an 800 number to claim her cash prize. Now, Monica mentioned that she didn't even recall entering a contest. Well, Tony was skeptical and contacted her financial advisor, Ruth. Ruth advised Tony to ask her mother to contact the Federal Trade Commission. Well, as you may suspect, the FTC confirmed that there is no such thing as the State Sweepstakes Commission. It doesn't exist. And you've likely encountered this scam in one form or the other. It's often referred to as the lottery or sweepstakes scam. In another version of the scam, the victim is asked to pay for the taxes before receiving their winnings. So again, there were red flags present, including the contact is unsolicited or just simply doesn't make sense. Uh, You're coached not to tell anyone because it could jeopardize your winnings. And that you'll probably be instructed to send money to a treasurer, a banker, or another third party connected to your winnings. So take steps to protect yourself. Remember to treat all unsolicited offers with extreme caution. Fully investigate the people and companies involved and refrain from providing personal information. Don't use the information provided by the contact to perform verification. Instead, turn to an independent information source. For, for instance, you can contact your financial advisor who can help connect you with fraud prevention agencies. Most important, follow your instincts. When in doubt, don't. And finally, remember, you should never have to pay money to get money. Now, our final scenario revolves around a benefit most, if not all, older adults receive, Social Security. 
it is not a surprise that scammers would target this common source of income for seniors. In our scenario, Barb receives a call from someone from Social Security. The person on the other end of the phone tells Barb that her Social Security number was tied to money laundering and her benefits are in jeopardy. The caller went on to say that Barb will need to pay a fee so everything can be straightened out. Barb, not wanting to lose this critical source of income, becomes flustered but realizes something isn't right. She's never heard of someone getting a call directly from the Social Security Administration. And it doesn't feel right to have to pay a fee for a crime she didn't commit. Thankfully, Barb takes a breath and decides to ask the caller for his phone number so she can check the claim. Then the call gets disconnected. You know, according to the Federal Trade Commission, this type of scam is growing exponentially. Think about this. In 2017, the FTC heard from 3,200 people about Social Security scams, and those people reported losing nearly 210,000. Now, just two short years later, in 2019, more than 35,000 people have reported a scam, but the loss now is in excess of $10 million. Wow. Now, these red flags, they remain similar to the scenarios before unsolicited contact, a sense of urgency, and being asked to send money to a third party. Scammers want you to act without thinking. Now, as with other scenarios, there are clear red flags if you take the time to listen for them. First, the Social Security Administration will never, ever call you. If there's a problem, they're going to send you a letter. The real Social Security Administration already knows your number and will not have to ask for it. And you'll never have to pay for any legitimate thing with a gift card. Remember, gift cards are for gifts only. So we're going to recap a few red flags that were mentioned earlier. It's important to remember identity verification. In this age of digital contact and easy manipulated information, identity verification is more difficult than ever. Remember to use objective sources to verify claims. In other words, don't use the phone number given to you by the suspicious company to verify if that company exists. Rather, use a directory or the Internet to find a number to call the company back. A simple Internet search can sometimes uncover obvious clues that a scam is taking place. Next, watch out for the immediacy of the request. Scammers use urgency to try to impair the victim's ability to reason through a scenario. They also prey on emotions to manipulate the victim. Education and calm reasoning are the scammer's greatest enemy. If something sounds suspect, investigate. You can't win the lottery if you haven't entered, and the IRS won't demand payment by phone. If the request doesn't make sense, chances are it isn't. Here are a few other red flags that may indicate something is out of whack. Be weary if it just doesn't add up. If the payment needs to be cash or wired to a third party, or if you've ever asked to pay for anything with a gift card, that's a scam. Remember, gift cards are for gifts, not to make payments. In addition to that, if your account statements for your credit or debit card don't arrive when they should, you receive a check for no apparent reason, or you're asked to pay money to get money, be on the alert. And lastly, if a contact begs you not to tell anyone, especially a family or friends, be especially wary. So I think just as important in knowing the red flags are common steps you can use to protect yourself from certain types of fraud. And here are just a few steps I recommend. Protect your personal information. Never provide personal information on the phone, through mail or email, or over the internet, unless you know the request is legitimate. Always shred financial and other personal documents before disposing of them. Many businesses offer electronic delivery, which can reduce your paper trail. Also, don't carry your social security card or write your social security number on checks. 
provide it only if absolutely necessary, or ask to use another identifier. And then be cautious online. Keep your computer security and antivirus software up to date, and don't click on pop-up ads or links in unsolicited emails. Uh, something I think we all need to work on is don't use an obvious password, such as a birth date, your mother's maiden name, or the last four digits of your social security number. Protect your credit information periodically. Inspect your credit report. The law actually requires major nationwide consumer reporting companies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, to give you a free copy of your credit report each year if you request. So it's important to evaluate the security measures provided by the companies that you choose to work with, especially when it comes to those connected with your finances. For instance, at Edward Jones, we have the tools to help identify the scammers and the experience to analyze the situation to determine what is actually going on. Also, I'd like to point out that we as financial advisors can be a resource to you. It may be difficult to recall which agency to call when a certain type of activity takes place. We can connect you with our fraud investigations who in turn can help you connect with some of these agencies. Let's walk through a few fictional scenarios. And Gary, I'll ask you um, if you believe the situation is a friend or a fraud, and then we can discuss some potential red flags and maybe steps you would take to investigate or alleviate the situation. So in the first scenario, your neighbor Joe tells you a man knocked on his door yesterday collecting money for the food pantry. And although he couldn't remember the name of the pantry, he did remember the man said he was part of the Good Neighbor Food Group. When Joe asked the man if he had a business card or any literature about the organization, the man said that he might stop back later with, with more information. So, Gary, what, what are you thinking, friend or, or fraud? I would say fraud. I would say fraud, too. And what about any red flags? Unsolicited contact, uh, perhaps. No way to identify him positively. He didn't have he, he didn't have a name tag, I guess. Right. Anything Exa- like that. Right. No literature. Exactly. So... You know, the steps you can take in this instance is search for the organization on the Internet and then use the phone number provided on the site and contact the organization directly to gauge if they're legitimate or not. Or you can contact the business bureau or an organization called GuideStar to get information on the organization. GuideStar is an organization that tracks data and information about all nonprofit organizations, so it can be a good resource. In our second scenario... You receive a phone call from your credit card provider's client fraud investigation unit, and the caller asks you to verify your account information, including your complete credit card number. Friend or fraud? That is absolutely fraud. Exactly. And what what about some red flags here? Well, again, unsolicited contact, as you were talking about. No way to really identify the caller in question. And rather than asking for your last four digits of the account, uh, they're asking you to provide your full like credit card number. That, w- that would be a big red flag. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and here, the easiest thing to do is to hang up and then call the company back on the number provided on the back of your credit card or even the billing statement, not the number provided by the caller. In our final scenario here, you receive a letter from a law firm that includes a gas bill dated six months ago and marked past due. Now, the letter states that you're delinquent in paying and your natural gas uh, will be shut off in three days unless you make an immediate payment via credit card or wire to the law office. Now, this is the first and only notice you've ever received. And to your knowledge, your gas bill is up to date. Friend or fraud? 
Uh, fraud again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and some red flags here. Well, a third party requesting the funds. Yeah. That's a big one. The first time they've contacted you, your first notice, and it's urgent. An urgent notice, and it's an urgent first time, and it, and, yeah. and it's and it's urgent. There, there, you know, we have to have it now, or there will be dire consequences. Right. So again, steps that you could take to investigate the situation. Well, first and foremost, contact the gas company to verify that your account is up to date. Uh, you can always research the law firm on the internet or the or the Better Business Bureau. We've covered quite a bit of ground during our time together, so let's review just a few items we discussed. First. Just like the two young men in Ireland who put their bets on the horse, things aren't always as they seem. If you are approached by an unknown individual or confronted with an unsolicited offer, remain calm. Emotion is a scammer's best friend. Seek independent sources to verify identities and claims. If you are pressured to act now, that's a red flag. And when in doubt, don't. You know, also remember that you have a wealth of information and resources available for, for help and to prevent fraud. And also remember, you have a wealth of information and resources available to you to help prevent fraud and to help if you've been targeted. We can connect you with Edward Jones Fraud Investigations if fraudulent activity has taken place. So Joe and I hope the information and the resources we've shared during our time together have left you feeling empowered. Uh, you now know the red flags and steps to take to protect yourself and the ones you love and some of the resources available to help if a scammer does try to take advantage. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today for, and for sharing all the great information on Bisberg. And we've been hearing from Joe Ford the third and Joe Ford the fourth on today's Bisberg, and I'll give you some contact information. For Joe Ford the third, who is in the Allison Park area, the phone number is 724-443-1910, and the website is edwardjones.com slash joe hyphen ford. And for Joe Ford the fourth, who is in the Johnstown area, the phone number for Joe is 814-288-4689, and the website is edwardjones.com slash joseph hyphen Ford. Again, gentlemen, thanks so much for all the great info today on Bisberg. Our pleasure. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Today's program is sponsored by Edward Jones.